Sam O'Brien slash Sam Witness. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks, Egan. Thanks for having me. Jack McIntosh. <laughs> oh, that's a funny entry. <laughs> yeah. Should you drop out of university? Should you drop out of university? Well, I think it's a lot more complicated than that, that's for sure. Um, should you drop out of university? Um, if you have something like clear that you know is going to be worth your time beyond a degree, then I reckon absolutely. And that takes a lot of courage to realise that that's actually what you want to do. Um, but it, it's a big step. And I think a nicer first step is probably thinking about, should I defer? Uh, I knew really that what I want to do isn't going to belong in a degree. And that decision took me a while to realise. I kind of went out of university, back in um, multiple times. And yeah, I... <laughs> How do you deal with the expectations from other people? Because I feel like when people make the decision to drop out of university, the reason we don't is we don't have that conversation about what life could be like if we didn't because we're too busy being guided by other people. So how do we actually find that space to even think about the other possibilities? I think that space comes from looking beyond beyond that traditional framework that what your family tells you. I mean, I feel like times have changed significantly and it doesn't suit necessarily these days what your parents actually kind of tell you. And a lot of people are looking out for you, but yeah um you can sort of lean on a mentor as well like and you don't even have to know this mentor but like there's so many people that have paved the way now like it's getting easier to get into these sort of different spaces um so it's not as scary like you know it's possible is it the uncertainty that scares people mm. totally i mean uni gives you that straight line course and there's benefit to that 100 percent some people that's what works for them and that's in line with the passion they have. And I think that's not a bad thing at all. But for some people, especially like me, when I'm looking down this kind of road of filmmaking and a different sort of, I guess, routine for my life that isn't the nine to five, um, I guess there's kind of the, this reverse stigma now that people go against finding this, like c complaining about the nine to five, almost an insult because they find comfort in it. But if you have that desire to do something different, the uncertainty is just another obstacle really. And that's probably the biggest one to overcome. And it's something that I'm still working on now that leaving university. But um, yeah, it's a significant challenge. But if you can, I guess, find a way to break through that uncertainty, there's so much on the other side of it that is so valuable. What are you trying to optimise for? Is it happiness, fulfilment? I feel like it's a baseline of just peace in a way. Like happiness, uh, it's a bit of a, I mean, it's always debated like what is happiness? Can I always be happy? Um, but I don't really think happiness is like this constant, perfect everyday is going to feel amazing. Uh, peace kind of makes more sense to me. And I think if I'm in line with what I want to be doing day to day, then that's where I find that peace doesn't mean everything's going to be easy everything's going to be fun every task I do I want to do but the more of them that I can be doing and that's kind of why I made the decision to step away from university uh, the more peace I can kind of feel yeah and I think that's kind of my main my main focus is to like just be
be at peace with what I'm doing because I've noticed whenever I'm not in alignment with what I want to be doing, that's where my happiness goes straight down. That's where my peace inside mm. like really suffers. So that's kind of my main focus really. I feel like for me, I'm in the most uncertain period of my life, but I've probably got the most peace you could call it or certainty within. And it feels like although easily I could let these external pr- invisible pressures overwhelm me, I feel like this personal capital, all these things I've built from voluntarily going through uncertain times and not pursuing the the mainstream course has built this sort of armour within me to handle it. Do you think that's something that people overlook is the things we always look at what something is, but we forget about the other things that are being built upon by doing the thing. So if we're not pursuing a nine to five, that doesn't mean that ultimately you might not be able to go back to a nine to five in three years time when it failed, but you've built so much more outside of that. I feel like we get seduced and into thinking that it's a forever thing. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, even for me, like I'm, I could see myself going back to university with something that I find that is right for me. Uh, and that's not something that should be like frowned upon in myself. Like I, so much of my gains from this, I think it's about seven months now that I've been away from university. It hasn't been how many subscribers I've gotten on my YouTube, how many followers I've gained from talking about it, like likes on my TikTok. So much of it comes down to like just wearing these moments of uncertainty like totally and dealing with challenge and and trying to figure out what I really want to be I feel like when you're at university if it's not what you want to be doing but it's easier you're avoiding the hard questions and it's so common and that's what I was avoiding for a year of my life and although I've had definitely like moments of a lot of anxiety trying to figure out what the fuck I'm doing it's those moments which are seriously making a huge change on my current self and hopefully myself, you know, five years, years down the line, even if I go back to university, I feel like I can come back just better each year by putting myself under more stress. Mm. And I wasn't experiencing that while I was just studying commerce. It's the, it's the um, Pete's, Pete's idea of this personal capital. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> even though externally it might not say, be saying as you're, you're gaining all this personal cap- capital, but inside you know, like, all these different things are, are making you better and eventually um, one day this person capital will will be seen externally. And it's hard because you know it internally, you can feel it, I feel it, but it's hard to prove to people. Yeah, and that, that's another lesson in itself, isn't it? Like You just don't need people it. Don't, people won't see it and they don't have to. You know, like so much of that gain for myself, people won't see that. They'll... I think this happens so much when I'm talking to like my parents' friends about what I'm doing. And the first thing they hear is, oh, he's dropped out of university. Uh, He's making videos and he's posting on Instagram and TikTok. Mm, That doesn't sound (laughs) that successful. Like their image (laughs) is success. And there's a trade-off there. Like for me, it's been working great. It's been a huge challenge. It's been really beneficial for my mental health, my overall, like, I mean, and external success as well. But there's metrics there that people like your parents won't see. And... I'm just, I guess I'm learning to live with that and, and see that I'm getting appreciation, I'm still getting external appreciation from people in a similar position to me. And that's really my focus. Like I'm trying to help people who feel the same way as myself six months ago, myself right now. And that's the focus, not necessarily the people who won't get it. Mm-hmm. Like I say, like if, if, you, if they don't get it, they won't get it. Yeah. Um, you can't help everyone in that sense. And I'm just focusing on helping the people that get it. Did you see Williamson's framework for this about how we trade off internal 
internal things like peace of mind and contentment, which we're talking about for external things that we can see, like things like salary. So we'll trade off our peace of mind for things that are tangible and visible, like our salary. And I feel like that's the big trade-off you make or the big decision you're coming to when you want to drop out of university. It's sort of like an investment into yourself that, or a risk into yourself that's going to have huge rewards, but it's so uncertain and you don't have the path paved out for you and that's the big decision you have to make isn't that almost fun in a way that you get that you get like it's it's exciting like god it is imagine just having okay i do four years and i'm not fucking talking shit about anyone that does uni but you can see the pathway yep four years and cool i get this piece of paper oh three four years of doing a trade yep cool get this piece of paper all right Let's do something different. I don't know what every day is going to look like, um, but I'm going to try my best to find out. Yeah, and God, I'm so grateful that it doesn't look like how yeah, it exa- used to. And <laughs> exactly. Although I was on this line where I knew that, hey, I would get the piece of paper at the end of it. I know I would get that salary, get that safe job. Like, oh, I'm, I would know the whole time it's not what I actually wanted, and that would kill me. And I'm so glad that although it's hard and I don't have that guarantee, there's no piece of paper that's going to tell me your filmmaking career is going to give you 80 grand a year like it's never going to be like that at any point and um, I have to live with that but god the day to day is so much more entertaining and it's harder it's 100% harder and I think some people might think if you're dropping out what are you doing with your time I'm definitely spending more time on harder things um, and that's giving me the positive changes in myself but also I'm yeah like it's it is more exciting and that challenge is something that I'm like enjoying more and more 100% Mm. I always bring it back to like, I don't want to get to 80 and tell my grand grandkids that I wish I made this business. I wish I didn't care what other people thought of me, all these sort of sort of things. Because I remember seeing in school and all these teachers would be telling me like their dreams and stuff. And I, I remember thinking like, why didn't you do it? I can still remember one of my teacher's dreams. And it just, it amazes me that, actually it doesn't amaze me <laughs> because yeah, people don't like the uncertainty of, Jumping off the cliff without knowing where you're gonna go. <laughs> yeah, but God, it's scary to yeah. see that. Yeah, other people. Yeah, it's exactly, and that I guess that sort of can motivate you. Like, fuck, I don't want to be like that. 100%. I do not want it. Even if it fails, even if it fails, you just. But that's a failure constructed correct. from our society. Well, it's a failure not doing it, isn't it? Yeah, it's a failure to yourself. Depends yeah. how you frame it, isn't it? Mm. But I think the the reason we don't take the risk per se is because when you follow the certain path. Everyone's applauding you. Yeah, I was just everyone's <laughs> saying, "Wow, look how smart you are! You're going to university. You've got this p- path paved out for you." But you do saying uncertain. You start a podcast. You start a business. You start posting content online. People say, "What are Why? you doing? Why? Why? <laughs> Why are you doing that?" Yeah. And that, if you can, you have to endure, and we're still enduring it. We're in the <laughs> midst of this. <laughs> but the reason I love this conversation is it captures a point in time to hopefully look back on is you know what, we had the courage to endure that because I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. No one wants to go through. They just want that outcome because even though people have to go through the struggle of studying and stuff, there's still it's still a certain pathway, whereas we don't know when outcomes are coming, when opportunities are coming. It's a lot more uncertain. And also, to, just to butt in, but also your parents are patting you on the back going, yeah, good job. Yeah, like, that's what I was hoping you'd do. Yeah. The whole time. yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and it's not like you don't get that rate for hours spent at university and how many units you're going to get done and, and uh, even like what's my hate state going to be it's, it's all you know it's going to come 
And I mean, I'm not going to pretend like dropping out has been like this amazing thing. And I just like dropped out, started posting on like TikTok and just got <laughs> and life's like, good life now. <laughs> like yeah. it's been, it's been really hard. And, and what you're saying about looking back on this, like I'm looking forward to that sense as well. Like I, I, I really hope and I think that my success will be good. And like, I will be able to look back on this and see that all those moments were so unsure. And even like late nights, like thinking what, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like those moments that other people don't get to experience. I feel like I'm actually really lucky to just like, myself through that and people aren't gonna see those moments they won't see so many of these things that like i don't show it on my dropout diaries necessarily like me at like midnight being like fuck like how am i gonna make a video next week and like is anyone gonna give a shit and that's so important for me to like live in that and be like yeah all right like this is the shit that is gonna get me somewhere very different to other people and that's the plan I tell you what though i'd rather be rolling around in my bed having those thoughts then the thoughts of fuck am I doing the right degree like you're three years in like, what am I doing I don't even like this shit yep. like I'm a parent's even proud of me for doing like all this sort of stuff I'd way rather have the thoughts you're having than yeah that scares those. me more because like, their thoughts are, are of regret and 100% mm. it's for me uh, Hormozy harps on about death but Hormozy <laughs> but isn't it true like, if we're all going to die in 200 years, it means nothing. What are we actually scared of? <laughs> I think because we've, we've grown up being told and reinforced so many times in our society of why things are so important, it just becomes a habit to live through the expectations of others. And it's so hard because a lot of people have invested a lot of things into us, including our parents, including my parents. It's really hard to almost be like you've done so much for me but i'm still going to do what's right for me and that's 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 where a lot of people it's hard and even friends and all these relationships everything has been sort of there's so much the past defines us so much and what we've done but then when you get older and you start to mature and you start to maybe have these conversations and you get to a point in your life where you're like okay, could I do something else? I think because we have so much evidence in our life that is pointing to that, you know, that's you're not that person. You're not that sort of person that takes that risk. And we just don't have any proof that we are capable to do it. So we're too scared to jump off the cliff. Even though we have the idea, the intention to do it, we never take it because we deep down we just have this limiting belief that that's not the sort of person we are. Yeah, so build up that bank early of proof. You know, that's why I've been thinking about more and more like even if I'm heading back to university or my path changes if you can build up that bank of the things that you have proved to yourself that I changed things up I went through something that was hard or that other people didn't do I know I can do this next thing like that's so valuable in your future because you don't know what's going to come you don't know what that next hardship is going to be but like if you have the evidence to yourself that I can change my self story as well and that this is fluid and change can be literally like five minutes away if I want it to be. It can start with like deleting socials or posting something completely different. It doesn't have to be this like invisible wall that everyone puts up like this is me and like I can't change that. It's so easy to be lost in this state of like this is me. What can I do about it? When fuck, you wake up tomorrow and you can make a huge change and that's kind of like what I did. It's not, you know, in a, in a massive sense but I decided it's like, I'm cancelling my degree and I'm going to 
make videos and post them on my YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Everyone's going to see them and that's the change you're going to make and I can live with that. One moment. Yeah. I think it's the sunk cost fallacy, isn't it? We're so far investing in a course of action that we think it's too late to change mm, the ship. Massively. We're still steering the ship, but we think that we think we're, we end up being a passenger on our own ship. Correct. Yeah. And we're thinking like, and then actually who's the, who's the cost to? It's not really to yourself, is it? Like, can't you just change it? Like, it feels like we're almost paying someone else and we owe it to them. But it's your own ship the whole time. Like, why Why do you feel like you can't turn it? It's also a bit of the, the proof paradox. People want the proof before, um, without creating it just so they have that certainty, like that they can do it or it's less scary jumping. Yeah, do you think people, and myself included, we don't do things because, like, we're not ready yet? <laughs> when are you going to be ready? <laughs> yeah, but how do you... How would you explain to someone then to whether it's for you, Sam, start a YouTube or drop out of university when there isn't like, okay, I'm not going to follow the certain path, but I feel like with the uncertainty, there's that um, the reason it's uncertain is because you aren't ready. Like the, if it was, I feel like if you drop out of unity, uh, sorry, university and you've got like a everything lined up, ready to go, that really, that re- really isn't uncertainty. I feel like, what comes with uncertainty is the fact that you aren't ready and that is why it's hard and that is why that is why you should do it and that's why you must do it. How Not do you how do you be ready? There's no such thing. Exactly. It's paradoxical. Yeah. yeah, and it depends what scale it's on. Like you you can be more ready like at university, but you still don't know exactly what's gonna happen with your entire life. Mm. And then when you're dropping out of university, like it's the fa- like the fact that it's completely up to you is a blessing. Like the fact that you're not ready, mm. you can you can decide what that path becomes. And maybe ready is like when people hand it to you, like oh, I'm ready at university because I've got this course lined up, yeah. but I'm not ready when I get to completely paint this new picture that can be my life. Like that whole thing of being ready, maybe just worrying about no one's dishing you anything anymore. It's up to you. It's almost like thinking you once you finish your degree, you're ready because you've got that piece of paper, but fuck, there's literally no one that's ready because you haven't been out and done the stuff. You've learned it, but you haven't done it. Like maybe Egan could jump in a psychology clinic. I don't know, <laughs> but like, there's like, a lot to learn. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it. we talk about other people guiding us and I feel like it does a lot of the reason is the expectations of others, like f- fear of judgment. What is fear of failure to you guys? To you, what does it specifically mean to you and your life decisions you have made? Why you're changing those decisions now? How do you conceptualize the fact that other people's opinions of you have dictated your lives more than you think, and now you're becoming more aware of it, and you want to change your life because of it? I think, at least for me. The feel of failure was huge through high school. That was when it definitely peaked. Probably 15, 16 years old. Like, I was completely changing what I was doing. I originally did make some YouTube videos here and there. I deleted all of them, completely deleted the count. And it was that, that fear of judgment and, and fear of failure in the way that, oh, if these don't do well, what are people going to say about me? And I, I guess I found a shell and just went straight into it. And then the more and more time I spent at university and you break away from those social groups that were kind of holding you back. Like when you leave high school, I guess you get a chance to kind of see something different and people start to give progressively less shits about what you're doing. Mm. 
And that's when I started to realise no one really actually cares about what I'm doing here. It's harder in, when you're in high school because you have to see them every single day. Once you stop seeing them, people stop caring, people stop thinking about you, which is a perfect reason to start, I guess. That's why things in high school definitely difficult. But is, isn't high school, though, like we make – like we talked about it the other day about how like um, when I was in primary school and there was like a little – when I was very small and there was a disco or what do you call them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah disco. And I – I can just remember my headspace then of how big a deal it felt. Like it felt like I was so big and important and everything mattered so much. But if I like was a third party spectator and I I was watching myself there, I would be like, why would that kid be thinking like that? We make small things massive in our heads, especially in high school because there's a lot of hierarchy and status and we think this little micro community is such a big deal. I think isn't that part of it? Because I feel like if someone travels, oh, I see what you're saying. You know you're what I mean? Just th- kickstarts everything. I think yeah, because I think we get we overstate the importance of ourselves, the whole spotlight effect. But in those little micro communities, that's why making a big move sort of just it makes you aware of how unimportant you really are. Do we think we just place so much importance on all the externals, what people think of you, how people think of you in school, and then that sort of just flows onto the rest of your life outside of school yeah. and that's why people that's why the fear of judgment is so bad yeah, yeah and I, I think that's that's why it doesn't have to be a gap year well i mean sorry it doesn't have to be dropping a university but having the break of that construct that you've been living through your whole life like that's why i think so important about that's why i preach so hard like deferring taking a gap year if you're proactive with it say you travel and you've been in high school for like what 12 years <laughs> and then you go straight into a course and you still have this social group that you're kind of riding like to break that is cr- like huge mm. and, and it can be hard to land back from that as well. Like even when I did a month away traveling in Indo, the, the landing of coming back after seeing this huge change can be hard because all of a sudden you've seen this big change in reality. And then when you come back, you're like, Fuck, so what you're coming back to that place where you had all these constructs, but now they're kind of shattered mm-hmm. and it makes it really hard to figure out, damn. So what am I like, who values me now? What can I do differently? How do I have to act now? And from was it was the way I was acting before how I have to kind of change that? I found that to be quite challenging, like a bit of an existential dread feeling, like when you come back from a big change in your your imagined reality, like what am I now? It's your role, the role you're playing. <coughs> you felt like there was confusion. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think that can come in a few ways. Like I think I, I noticed. I think ending and starting relationships can have a similar feeling when you have a big change in reality like you start to really like someone and then you're starting to think about what your future would look like with that person or you break up after a really long relationship where you spent so much time with someone to have that break and and that reality change again you're questioning like where do i stand kind of in the world and that feeling can have so much growth but it's just a very uncomfortable bit of anxiety really like this existential concern do you feel like that hits you hard and hits a lot of people hard like i feel like all these external things hit people hard including myself and what i've noticed is the external things are hitting me less hard as i find more inner peace or contentment as you call it yeah and and the more you sit with it the more you experience it and understand like this feeling isn't necessarily oh i feel really anxious like fuck what am, what's going on what am i doing but like maybe that's a sign that i've made a big bit of growth maybe i've broken into some other kind of understanding so that that feeling is 
maybe it's just a bit of a, a marker saying like, shit, you're doing something different. And if you like the track that you're on, keep going. I think it actually stems from the craving of being comfort um, comfortable. Because think about it, when you're in school, and this is just speaking of um, what my my time was like, but you have all these friends and the friend groups and you're all comfortable together. You're all fucking laughing, joking. You're not really thinking about anything too important. And then you have a girlfriend, let's say, more comfort. Majority, like obviously everyone has a different um, sort of relationships, but there's just a lot of comfort with it. And then if you have a break and or you break up, you go to Indo for a month, you break yourself away from these groups or people you start thinking for yourself and what you actually want instead of just, I don't know, there's so much comfort in these groups because you just think you've all got each other for the rest of your life. So you're going to be fucking sweet. So I think getting out of the comfort zone is such a massive, important thing to do to break that mold of thinking. Yeah, and it opens you up to a whole different realisation. Like mm. the first thing I did that gave me that little break was I deferred and went and worked down south. There you go. And I'll, I'd come through this kind of world, you know, I'd go to high school, then went straight into university. And then when I moved out of that, I was like, oh my God, there's this whole different world. I was <laughs> many people who were taking gap years and yeah. people that were traveling, people from all, all around Europe who are working and exploring and surfing. And I was like, wow, there's this whole different world that I hadn't really been taught, been shown the uni pathway. Oh, you can go uni, TAFE, trade, what else? Yeah. And, and um, seeing that these people were living this whole different world that I hadn't even learnt about yet, it gave me this almost scary realization: like, holy shit! Like, there's so much more out there I could be doing. Mm. And so, what do I do now? I think that's the bit when you go to the, so what do I want to do now that I've realized something different? That's such a bit of a tipping point. You can be, oh, that's I don't know. Uh, I'm going back into my business degree. Fine, that's probably like suited for some people. But for me, that was the point where I went, shit. I I think I want to be doing something different. Just cutting that thinking pattern and. Just even just thinking, you don't have to make a rash decision, but just having the thoughts that there is something out there that I might want to do or pursue instead of this comfortable thing that my parents want me to do and I'm not really that keen on at the end of the day. Just breaking that thinking. By the way, I love silence. It's a new, it's a skill. Living with it. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love it. Challenge. Like my start to the potty. I'm melted. All right. I'd love to see people sit in silence for an hour. Like, but with people as well. Because, mm. like, so it brings that awkwardness um, to it. Fuck, that'd be uncomfortable. I'd struggle. Yeah, fuck. It shouldn't be weird. I don't know. Really shouldn't. I think it's because we're so used to external stimulus mm. that when we sit with our thoughts, it's scary, scary. and uncertain. Yeah, does it all just stem back from fucking uncertainty and not knowing what's going to happen if I do this or if this happens? Yeah, a lot of fear. It's fuck. I'm just fucking rambling to myself thinking, but. <laughs> No, uncertainty and fear. That's like the two things that stop people from doing well, f- yeah, extraordinary it's all, things in life. It's all uncertainty. Like, I'll ask you this question. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Then it reduces it to what it is. Exactly. 
You know what I mean? You'd you'd be like, oh, I'd do this, 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 and you'd be like, what's the difference? <laughs> Literally, what the fuck is stopping you? Failure. And well, if okay. You get it wrong. Could you try again? <coughs> Probably could. Okay. Well, Hormozy made nine businesses before his first successful one. That's just fucked. People struggle to make one. Yeah. Now, now everyone praises him, but for the first eight, <laughs> everyone's got fucking told you to fail. Fucking how, all, all these voices. How do you manage though? In the self-development space, there's like a growing trend of hustle mentality mm. versus being productive with fun and keeping the journey enjoyable versus like, okay, the discipline. Like it's a really big... They call it balance. Yeah, they the call it balance, balance, but no one knows. No one people, know. people don't know how to implement balance in their lives because they've constantly been told what it looks like. But I feel like it's different for everyone, but I'm interested on your takes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's different for everyone and that's really important. Like, I, you can be reading a big variety of books. I think that's great. Read some Hormozy, read Goggins and, like, realise these kind of grind, grind, grind mentalities. Like, there's totally value in what they're saying. And then something like Ali Abdel's, like, feel-good productivity where it's kind of just going the opposite direction of that and Mark Manson, like, a very counterintuitive perspective on, like, what is productivity and what is being satisfied with your life. Like, if you can read a big array and be open-minded, you can find what works for you. Like for me, I feel like it probably changes as well. I have phases where I really like just being really, really punctual with what I'm doing. Then there's probably other moments where I want to be more fluid with my time and make sure things are more fun. And yeah, I don't think there's any perfect formula in general. And then I don't know if there's even a perfect formula for everyone. I feel like that can definitely change with your lifestyle as well. But just being okay with having times that aren't so productive, I think it's important. Like I don't like the idea that no days off like I think there's moments where things can be kind of shit and you're not really getting the workout and that's fine if you beat yourself up for it you're in a lot more trouble than if you accept it so being okay with having setbacks finding ways just to get a little bit better um I think that's just been my main focus and not trying to like read a book and be like that's me mm. oh okay I need to follow almost these rules or no. everything has to feel good even you know on the other side of it it's finding that what works for you and, and just trying <coughs> taking the points because they all have fucking great points individually but together they're they're their own person so you just do you but i don't know it's a hard one because at the end of the day there's no actual answer to it you can't say what the perfect hustle time or i don't know output is you got to start though yeah i was about to say you have to take action obviously I think you got to be really comfortable in yourself, like, because you're going to have these voices like, why the fuck are you sitting down? Like, get back to work. I think you got to be comfortable in knowing that you've put in work and now you deserve rest. It's almost putting, giving yourself a pat on the back, maybe. But, like I said, I, I just don't. But then there's a bigger voice that comes in. Like, <laughs> Correct. I need to give Correct. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and, and it's like, is that voice coming from, oh, that's like my future successful self, like trying to make me find the success by working harder, harder, harder. Or is it just like a version of yourself that's just kind of beating you up? Maybe you have to preset a certain task or time to a certain thing, hard thing, and then go, okay, once I do it, and give yourself a reward or, or some downtime. Because otherwise, when do you stop? Yeah, I feel like though, in my opinion, if you can read a wide array of things, you build up your toolkit. And I think if you have 
a good amount of awareness you can be able to touch into your body and how you're feeling and then pull out the right tools and know that your self-story isn't getting compromised because you're actually in tune with your mind, body and spirit sort of thing. You're sort of interconnecting them and you know how you're feeling and you know you're being true to yourself rather than letting your ego take over and then or beating yourself up. It's a really delicate balance, but it's saying I'm, I'm starting to get better at knowing when, okay, I'm having an off day. Could I do a little bit, but it maybe doesn't have to be extreme? You know, I think we get caught into these, we're so seduced by binary things like, oh, yeah, like I love Goggins or I hate him. Well, yeah, there's a lot of middle ground and gray area in everything in life, but we're so caught in the binary. So for me, it's always like, I used to be very extreme where if I couldn't live up to my standard for one day, I'd beat myself up. But now it's like I'm aware I'm feeling a bit off, but can I move the needle forward today and do a little bit? Because then tomorrow, I don't. when I'm feeling better and I'm recovered, I don't have to make up an insane amount. Because when you wake up the next day and you had a f- full two, three days off where you could have done a little bit, it nearly becomes impossible to catch up. Time keeps ticking. You can't make up for time in some ways. That doesn't mean you always need to be extremely efficient, but time will keep ticking. Yeah, no, 100%. And... um. Yeah, it's like if, if your opinions perfectly match others and they're the big yes or the big no, is it really that well-formulated of an opinion? You know, like I think, yeah, reading a whole lot of things and you don't have to have a perfect stance on it. You'd be like, those are some good takeaways. I don't know about that. Maybe they'll apply later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've definitely found that, especially with Goggins, like someone like him. I'd love to say that because it's almost like this idea of like, oh, everyone should love like fucking running 30 miles in the morning. But... Um, there's things I love that I can take away from him like the whole cookie jar idea I think that's great um, and then there's also things that probably won't apply to me and I can say that with no shame like I probably won't run a bad water and I don't think I have the same kind of mental drive in oh, a few ways as he does I don't think and anyone does <laughs> yeah but his, but I, th- I found his book great Yeah, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't read his book just because you get pissed off at his Instagram videos you know so there's definitely takeaways like everyone like mm. from everyone that you might not like certain parts of their life, but there's definitely bits of information there which are valuable. What do you think about this Chris Williamson quote? Because I feel like it's pretty similar to what we're talking about. He says, have strong opinions loosely held, not loose opinions strongly held. Yeah, being yeah. being open to growth and like changing your perspective. It's, yeah. That's great. Dude, there's nothing worse than when people have loose opinions strongly held. There's nothing. <laughs> there's too many though. Fuck me dead. And it's just like, you're fighting against a brick wall. That's what it is. Like, you, you, it's not even an argument. Like, they're just like, no, nah, this is it. This is how it is. And it's like, well, and some, know, that's yeah. when I just stop. Yeah. And it's, some people go, all right, well, I can't really help you there necessarily. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've got mates <laughs> who still probably struggle to see what I'm doing. And that's like, okay. They're nice people. I'm still friends with them. But I can't necessarily make that change in them. If they're going to hold on to this thing that they believe in, which think could be so easily changed if they were mm. open to it. You gotta be so I think it's growth mindset, isn't it? It's yeah. simple if you have a growth mindset, it yeah. simply means you have a belief that you can change. The world might be slightly different to what you think. Yeah. I think it when you're talking about mates as well, I think it sort of comes back to what we were talking about with it's who the message you could say the exact same thing Chris Williamson says, right? Like but that exact same sentence. He could Williamson would say that and people would be like, Wow. Oh, yeah. I could post that tomorrow and people are like, 
right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, you could give a piece of advice that was literally straight from Hormozy that would help this person, but because it's coming from a friend, they're just like, fuck up. Like, yeah, you're not that smart. Yeah, that loosely, like, that loose opinion tightly how it can come from, like, just your stupid image you have of someone. Yeah, it's so silly. And uh, on that topic, like, being fine with being wrong is such a great thing. It's like, yeah, growth mindset, being okay with the, I could be wrong about something. You probably feel that on the podcast sometimes. You might look back at old episodes and be like, mm, that opinion, I probably would change that now. 100%. But that's so but good. That's How great is that to be able to move progressively in a direction that, and it will probably keep changing. Like for me, I've definitely made videos where I'm, I'm going, oh, I don't know if I said that right. But if all your opinions stay the same your whole life, like you haven't grown. Yeah. You've not changed one bit. And change is good, by the way. But yeah, you have not changed one bit if you have the same opinion as you were when you were fucking 10 yeah, be open to being wrong. But, yeah, oh, there's a lot of people out there. Like, and that used to be me, to me, because you could argue to me about anything and I just love the argument. I love the competitiveness behind it. And just wanting to win the argument doesn't matter. I think, to me, it's manufacturing importance because you deep down you realise how unimportant your life is right now. I think that's truly what it is because they're, they're following a certain path. Deep down, they probably don't like themselves and they, you know, they they probably realise they could amount to so much more if they, they've got all these voices deep down, do this, do this, and they don't. They lie to themselves. So they manufacture some importance out of the trivial thing because it makes them feel like they're, it's a, that they're worthy or they're somehow important. They inflate their sense of self to compensate for this deeper insecurity. I think they'd like being naive to some of this like self-growth stuff because as soon as you're aware to it, it's sort of like, all right, now I'm going to have the voices like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you getting better? Um, Ignorance is bliss Correct sort of thing. Yeah, exa- yeah That's the saying I should have used But It's exactly right Oh, It's easy to be ignorant then. Have you heard the um, Jordan Peterson quote on that? No oh, You search it up I'll find it for you <laughs> While you do that How's your day Sammy? Very good <laughs> Pretty sunburnt That's been very nice Yeah Spent some time with the family Lovely Perth On the tools today Me? Uh, yeah Yeah I was stuck in a corner of a roof For about 15 minutes just a bit hot oh it's yeah the last two days I've been fucking cooking it's yeah it's and it always bad. I was telling Egan like I really wanted to leave work at the normal time today but we worked overtime which is fine but I was like just having these thoughts like why am I trading time for little money like why am I trading time to do this job obviously I'm an apprenticeship so I sort of have to because I'm so close to finishing but I can't find it, but pretty much someone asked him a question about how he worded it. it was insane, but someone asked him a question about whether like their extreme consciousness was a blessing or a curse sort of thing because they were thinking so much about everything. And basically Jordan Peterson said something about like um, the only way is through, like um, drink it until it becomes a tonic. Have you, I, yeah, I can't, I definitely can't quote it for you, I but yeah, 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 I've heard the one. Yeah, that's but great. Yeah, because if you have like this super awareness, and I've gone through a phase where I've had super awareness, like hyper awareness, and then you can't shut that voice out. And I think that's why you talked about a lot of people probably know that once they start this path, it's sort of like there's no real going back now. Like uh, then once you go, once you step um, step into the uncertainty, this this the certainty is that you know that fuck if you're going back, you're a coward, sort of thing, because you know. But if you've always just take that certain path, you can always lie to yourself and be like, oh, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. Yeah. We reckon Tom thinks. 
Tom? <laughs> um, I think Tom reckons... I think it's easy to manufacture a story in your head that fits your own reality. I think it's really easy to tell yourself something to protect you. That's the role of the ego, ego yeah. to protect you. So that's the thing. You walk around, right? Um, and there's everyone's a victim. Everyone's the good guy in their own story. But then again, you got to ask, what are you optimizing for? Like, are you optimizing to be the victim of the story? Do you want? Do you want to be like? That's the question I even ask myself. Like, yeah, you you got wrong. You were the victim. But where where's what is the power in that? Where's the meaning for yourself yeah. in that? Where's the maybe I want to be the hero of my own story and be the one to take responsibility and change my life. Yeah, like where's that victim mentality going to lead you? And avoiding when you really want to, taking the step off like a treadmill-like university, it's even if you, especially if you have something like you really want to do outside of it, avoiding that, you're just avoiding yourself of a chance to like have that big perspective break. And yeah, like the truth is like when you have that perspective break, you're probably not going to be able to go back and live with yourself doing something that's not aligned with you anymore. And I feel like if I don't find something I want to do at university and I go and study, I'm <laughs> going to really struggle to live with that. And that perspective changes. Like, yeah, maybe it's a bit of a like, yeah, you start going through it. Maybe there's not, it doesn't, it's not the same way back. Mm. That you kind of go back. Your perspective's really changed. And that's... That's a good what, point. Yeah, that's what's valuable of it. And that's like, that's the value in it. But it's the price you have to pay for it. Yeah. Once you go, you'll have this newfound perspective most likely. And you won't, go back that same road you'll probably take a different like it doesn't have to be exactly that but it might be a different road that will lead to more new perspectives and opportunities yeah that old, you're not gonna be able to see that old life the same no, anymore that's no. for sure that's the good thing it's just opening up it's a yeah. filter anyway like if you go through mm. if you go through experiences it changes the filter that you put on your life man the fucking the lenses that some people wear I think, but the more the more things you do that break that reality, the more you take off. Like the more filters you get rid of. Maybe that's kind of the journey. The whole point of it's like I'm, maybe I'm trying to find, trying to get all the filters off and try and see everything for what it is. But maybe yeah. there is that's the maybe that you'll uncover that there is no, fil- there's no origin filter. There's no universal filter. It's the one that we create to fit to fit our own lives, and we yeah. retrofit everything now in our thing to fit this sort of filter that we make up for ourselves. And then again, it comes back to then deeply, philosophically, what what's the purpose of my existence? What am I doing? And get very existential. But then again, it's like, oh, I know what good feels like. I know what it's like to help others. I know what it's like to create meaning in my life versus, you know, getting patted on the back for doing things that I didn't even find rewarding at all. Yeah. And <laughs> how, like, can you live with that? Does that way really hard on you over time just realizing fuck i'm getting a lot of pats on the backs for this job i'm working shit the longer i've been in it the more i'm hating what i'm doing and that's really scary to think about and i'd definitely rather sacrifice some of that external validation and really find the intrinsic value intrinsic value in what i'm doing and let that kind of be the guide of yeah like what my self story is like let that be led by your intrinsic values as well have you Seen the studies that show like these monks or these people who literally just meditate for their whole life and shit. If you ask them how happy they are, they're happier than like these millionaires and stuff. It just proves that you can be happy 
with whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know are what you, I mean? Like, are you sort of saying it's a choice? Yeah, there's a lot more power in us than we realise. But I think for me, I'm realising that the uncertainty, the whole point of me, I feel like the reason I'm doing this is because, okay, I'll admit, still is fear of judgment. It's a dial that's slowly getting turned down as you change and you go through experiences, you build the self story. But by the time you sort of reach, the more and longer you go, the more that dial turns down, and it sort of doesn't matter what your circumstances are, whether people think externally you're successful or not. The dial's going to be turned down so much that it won't even matter. And that's the whole point, to get to that place of inner peace. But I often find, and Ali Abdel talks about it, you can get that balance. And for me, I want that balance because I do honestly want external success, but I want it to flow from internal success. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's a product of... The person that you've decided to be instead of the product of some some person you're fronting or something you're just trying to sell instead Mm. of, yeah, getting the external value because of your intrinsic values and because people benefit from your true self. Mm. That that feels way more rewarding than if you're benefiting off others because you're trying to sell them something that isn't yourself. It doesn't feel good when you're getting external validation but you don't believe it. If you don't truly believe it, it, it genuinely does not feel good at all. If you don't believe it, you could get the whole world telling you you're incredible, you're amazing. You wouldn't believe it. and But you you could have people yelling at you, commenting shit, saying this and that behind your back to your face. And you know who you are because you've done the work and you've done that uncertainty. You've gone, you've made a choice for a long period of time to show up for yourself. And that, and it just doesn't matter. That dial is so quiet. You start laughing at them. And, and, and again, I've noticed over my journey that dial gets turned down. Yes, sometimes it can get turned up because it's a sort of a new experience or you're not. it's coming a different way and it's sort of like that surprise attack because you do get surprise attack. You can turn that dial down, but then you're like, you get a surprise attack because you're not used to the hate that way. And then, yeah. then again, you start to turn that dial down. You've prepared that. It's just a long journey, but that's why we go on it. So that I think ultimately that's the purpose of our pursuit. I don't actually think think that there's anything wrong with having that fear it's what you do after having that fear those thoughts it's the action you take so you could be in uni you're scared of what your parents and your friends are going to think if you drop out but you really want to drop out if you don't drop out then you're letting that fear that emotion like this is this is exactly I went and saw Ant Middleton and this is exactly what he was talking about. He was saying like you either control your emotions or you let them take over you. So if you let that fear of judgment take over you, you're gonna stay in uni. You're fucking not gonna enjoy life as much as you could. You control the fear, then you will drop out of uni because, and it sort of stems to your why. Like why do I want to drop out of uni? If that's strong enough, then you're gonna drop out of uni, and including the fear of judgment. Yeah, like if, you, if you're letting that fear be the, the marker, I should need to turn around at this point, like you might avoid it, but what's going to happen with your life, you know? Like I think that's such an important important point to be like, this is that river crossing, like it's my turn now to, to try and get across it and at least to live with it and ride it and understand it because that's the, that's the point right there, you know? Like you, you'll find your biting point. Like for me, my biting point was dropping out, posting on YouTube, posting on Instagram. Like that was the... The corner, like the bit where the turn happens and like I could back away again. Like I kind of backed away when I went back in uni after 
having a working holiday. Uh, you know, I knew that that probably wasn't for me, like going back to uni, but I was like, shit, I don't know what's going to be around the corner. Like, oh, do I really want to do this? And then I made the decision, like, I don't want to turn back. I want to go through it. And that is hard. Like, that fear is there. And I still, you know, have those spurts of the fear. But getting through that biting point of what's going to happen next is, like, where the change happens and where the growth happens. Correct. It's just adding to the capital. Because even if you don't do this forever, you can take that skill into the next thing. Whereas people aren't learning this skill right now. Like, dude, the amount of fear... And they don't even know. That's the worrying thing. People have no idea that fear of judgment is stopping them from doing so many things because it's just subconscious. Isn't that the one of the ra- main reasons too is you, and this is another reason why I'm doing this stuff is because I just want to know that however my life ends up playing out, that I chose that. Correct. Oh yeah. Agency. Like it was me. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what sort of path, you could take a traditional path. And you can still fail. That's yeah. the worrying bit. But you just yeah, exactly. But you just need to make sure it's your choice. But if a lot of us are naive to that fact because for a host of psychological reasons, but it's just if you can get to a, I feel like you don't know until you do it. That's why that's why I encourage to take things on. It doesn't always have to be like, okay, quit your job, stop uni. But I think a lot of us have interests and things we want to do, but we sacrifice, we compromise to fit the role that we think we should play. Yeah, people try and people try and work it all out before even taking the first step. They're like, like they'll find ways to, to test the test of life. They'll try and make up ways of how it will fail or how it will go well, and then vice versa. Like they'll just have this whole story before even taking the first step, so they actually have no idea how it's going to work out. And it all comes down to that thing: if you don't know where it's you can't see the fucking end of the maze or whatever. Just take that first step. Yeah. And then if you can see the next step, just take that. Yeah, it doesn't have to look like dropping out of university. I feel like my, I think my my message sometimes gets like misconstrued yeah. as like a drop out of university, like, like you fuck, have to the, drop fuck out. the system or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. But it's not, it's, it's just about like realizing where you are at life and that you have the power. And if you keep giving up the power to be in control, then you're going to drift through life for a while kind of like a fucking plastic bag and then end up somewhere you don't know why you got there because you never had the power to to decide where that journey is so it doesn't have to be university that's that factor like do i stay or do i go from university it's just i think it's much broader than that much deeper like it's it's what you want to do with your life and owning it how do we get people out of autopilot to at least consciously make the decision because I don't think there's anything wrong with following a traditional path, but I'll never advocate for anyone who is at least not taking the time to th- have that conscious decision to think for themselves. I just want people to think for themselves. Yeah. Clear and yeah. I just want people to exercise some critical thinking so it's like, okay, I'm not just being guided by my parents, by society, by what I've always done. But I feel like the problem in this self-development space is there are a lot of buzzwords. Authenticity, vulnerability, words that I actually do like. But I feel like for the person who isn't in this space it's very it increases that friction people get scared they get turned off they're like no that's not for me it's too it's too big a jump is there a way we can get people out of autopilot things we can say or do to give them that red pill to almost so that they can take it themselves because it's really hard to get people to sit and reflect and question their life because it's a very it is a very scary thing to do but using big words just makes it scary for them and it's the ego's like, nah. Yeah. 
um, I think it's really hard because there's a step there where you have to take it on your own and self-help books can't give you that. Like there's, there's gems in podcasts, there's gems in great self-help books that are so valuable, but there has to be a point where you decide to make a step. And I think that sometimes maybe it's, it'd be good if people could have like a clear line of choose one of these steps. Like maybe I think some of those first steps to be able to kind of change your realization and realize you have control is like changing your physical environment, your social environment, spending time away from your family and like the original structure that you've been brought up in. I think they're great, but people have to do that themselves. And that's hard, especially, you know, it'd be different ones are harder for other people. Like maybe going traveling on your own or even traveling with friends. Maybe that is something that kind of comes naturally to you. Like, I really want to travel. Let's do it. And then that could be a huge realization but maybe breaking out of your social group you've been a part of for your whole life is what you really need. And you kind of know it deep down, but doing it is hard. And I don't know how else you can tell someone that you need to. But look, they'll, they'll, look come, they'll come back to you with, I'm doing well. I'm getting validated. Things are going good. Like Having fun. I'm taking care of myself. I'm going to the gym. Like I'm eating well. Like they'll, Anyone can create a story in their own, whatever their circumstances are, they'll always be able to come back with you with a way. And I feel like I'm getting to the place where it's like it's really, really hard to encourage people to get out of autopilot. Because, like, it's obvious, but people won't change unless they want to change. And I feel like I'm good at helping people who are really invested in changing and giving them some tools and really facilitating that. But I find it very difficult to help people from that zero to one step where they're like, oh, actually, I want to change. Yeah, the breaking of the self-story kind of moment. Like, where's your light bulb moment? Yeah. God, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I had mine on my own. You probably did as well. And it's like, I, I probably got to a point, like there was probably a tipping point of discomfort where it just went. Mm. And does it have to be like that? Probably not, but... Is that probably the most common way that people realize that, that what they've been telling themselves their whole life is wrong? Probably. It's probably at the point of a lot of discomfort and pain and like suffering that they realize that they need to make a change. And I would love to say that like there's a kind of handbook, an ebook that you can like send people that gives you a list of things that there's beautiful prompts for like, bang, now I know that I'm living a lie and like, or that I need to make this change, but I just don't know exactly how i can do more than lead the horse to the water Mm. Mm. you just got to change your mindset that that's what yeah but i feel like sometimes a mindset change is second to the experience you know what i mean like you came in the podcast then we had some things and your mindset gradually changed it's really hard to changing your mind your mind is 95 percent. you know every decision each day there's 95 percent of your decisions are subconscious you're literally just repeating the past it's really hard to get into that conscious mind and break that cycle but i with in terms of you talking about me but i always had that in me i've always been interested in this sort of stuff you sort of just put the key in the door and unlocked it um that's what i mean i feel like everyone has sort of got that some some everyone but there's definitely a large sum that want to do the amount of conversations i've had with people who, who i'm just like well, you're so inspired to do something. And I'm like, okay, here's all the things you said you're going to do on one side of the table. And then here's 
things that you've actually done on one other side of the table, one's stacked to the roof and one's got nothing on it. What's because stopping you? That's what I mean. How can we make? Sh- how can we put some things from one side to the other? It has to. I don't know. I'm just convinced it all leads from fear, fear of judgment. Even if it's fear of failure, that's still fear of judgment because yeah. you're, gonna, you're scared of what they're going to say when you fail. Totally. But or to you. make to make that change, I, I feel like you can uh, you definitely maximize on a few peop- a few kind of pieces of the puzzle to help it start like tipping. Um, but like the la- it's almost like the la- like the flick of the dominoes is like is up to them and you can't do that yourself. You have to let them do it. But social environment changes, I think, are huge. Like who you're hanging out with, I think it's just massive. And it, it, if you're spending a lot of time with these people, it completely changes your your self-story as well. Like what these people are talking about becomes what you're talking about to yourself. Physical environment's massive. It's just hard to be like, yeah, this is exactly what needs to be done. And this is how you're going to do it. You can even tell someone, like, this is what needs to be done. You need to get rid of these friends. Fuck, you need to move out of your, your house. Like, you need to go away from your parents, travel. If you're kind of doing that with, like, a misaligned mindset the whole time, like you could actually gain nothing from it at the same know, time. Do you know what? Here's my thing. When you go to someone like a Tony Robbins or you go to these things, they make these massive changes, these people. And I reckon they're very skilled. But I think half of it's because when we say things, people are way less inclined inclined to believe it and actually reflect because they're too busy projecting their own insecurities onto us because we're not on this big pedestal that they've created yet. But when you go to these Tony Robbins events, these seminars or these Jordan Peterson, all these events, people go in, they actually put them on that pedestal and because they're on that pedestal, they're way more inclined to actually listen and bring it within and reflect instead of their ego finding a way to project it onto us because yeah. the amount of thing people that project onto me because in their heads for their own reality I'm not at that level they won't listen it's almost like we're too close yeah yeah but yeah. W- but then again it's like you're in the best position to help people who are a few steps behind but they're the least willing to listen to you you're way more li- but then again when you're this far ahead you have way less opportunity to influence that people because you're not connected with them on that everyday experience it's it's what i was saying is it almost like they definitely won't think this way but it's actually better talking to you rather than listening to a podcast let's say that's similar level like you still have very good information right but you actually know the person they like then they can't get fucking hormozy or tony robbins to just come down fucking tell (laughs) give them a little life talk like you can actually you know what they're like or majority of what they're like and you can actually give them ways that they can improve well, I can, it's like, easier to be empathetic because i'm younger and only a few steps behind while you can easily argue and 100 percent true williamson peterson these guys are way more knowledgeable than me not to say i wouldn't get to that space in 10 15 20 years but maybe i'm a lot more suitable to give advice because Someone asked Chris Williamson that question the other day uh, and when it was on a podcast, Ice Coffee Hour, they said, do you feel like you're too far ahead now to give advice to people at the start? And he sort of was like, to some extent, but a lot of them are universal things. A lot of them are, are timeless things, regardless of you know, about consistency and discipline and doing the things, all that sort of stuff. So he, it was like, yes, okay, to some extent, but there is a lot of universals regardless of where you're at on this timeline, this growth timeline. There's a lot of things you should be doing that you can sort of encourage people. 
people also forget that like all these guys had their one day. They like they used to suck at the thing that they're doing. Tony Robbins didn't wake up and just be a fucking genius at talking and giving seminars. But he had to build the skill, but it's only because yeah. people see this product now. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, you are a god." He could have been preaching the same things when he was a lot smaller. And Dude, that's the same people wouldn't have been. Chris Williamson yeah, yeah, yeah. said yeah. that the other day. He I've said been saying the same shit for I, three years. Yeah, <laughs> I've been saying this for five years. Only the last eighteen months, people started to actually care Listen. on social media. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's a hard one to solve. Like, how can I overcome like people's self image and ego? That it, when I'm small enough that they can, it's enough for them to rebut it. Like they can overcome it. And where does that come from? Does it come from have, how many followers you have and how many people listen to your podcast? Does it come from more relatability as well? Like I think for my stuff, I'm really trying to focus on being as authentic as possible, so then people can see themselves in me, and that's the people I want to give advice to. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I listen to a lot of Chris Williamson and find a lot of value from it. I don't see a lot of myself necessarily in him, maybe who I want to be. And maybe that's a big part of it. Like the, yeah. they're more of the, that pedestal, I want to be like him figure. And if you don't have even, even if you are like that internally, if you don't have the external numbers that people recognize so much quicker. Yes, Jack and I have spoken about that. People it's, find yeah. so much comfort in when they can relate to someone. Um, that's why that certain podcast does well. <laughs> <laughs> um but then there's the other end of the stick where you got the Williamsons and all that. And I think that's the – people also love motivation. When I was younger, I used to watch motivational videos and just get hyped like fucking like a little kid. Just going, yeah, fuck Just yeah. the carrot, just getting dangled yeah, the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Like I want to do that. People don't want to li- have Middle the, the hard truths or like the – almost just the, the reality of it. At the end of the day, it is easy to float through life. I know because I did it for 20 years or 21 years. <laughs> give yourself a break, mate. I think no. for, for the first 15, no, you allow, give allow the like, yeah, yeah, okay. School yeah, yeah, okay. No, no, I should have been, fucking should have had a doing, business. I should have been, two. Yeah, yeah, you should have had a business too. Yeah, that's fair. But all I'm saying is, I know it's easy to float through life because it comes back to the mates thing. Like when you're just comfortable with your mates, like, and you, um, what was the word you were using for? Autopilot. You're stuck on autopilot. Every day is the same, pretty much. And time just flies. Time honestly flies. And I think you were saying, like, your mate was in just a nine-to-five job and he'd been there for, like, a year or two already. It's like, wow. Yeah, maybe time flies when you're not careful with it. You don't have it in your hands almost and you're not, like... Not thinking about it? Yeah, you're not knowing how you're allocating it, not Mm. thinking about it. That can be really Awareness. dangerous. Mm-hmm. But it's more comfortable to be like, oh, yeah, yeah this, this is working. Comfort, man. Just kind of let it put it to the side. Like the what am I doing with my life question that's like knocking at the hey, door and giving you dude. like anxiety at night <laughs> that you're kind of just hiding from. Just suppress that it. That question needs to be answered if you want to have a bit of time in your hands and, and like not let it drift away. Mm. All right. To wrap it up, this could go on for 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. 15 hours? No, nah, this, this one question could oh, be okay. 10 to 15 yeah, yeah. finish. Um, I want to capture a point in time. So I want you to almost, whether not a letter, but like a, a note to self, a future self. So who knows when you listen back to this, whether it's, well, you'll probably listen back to the episode <laughs> in a couple of weeks, but um, 
in a couple of years, couple of months, whenever it is, in five years, ten years' time. It, that's the thing I like about this podcast is it's capturing a point in time. And that's a great thing about documenting on YouTube too. You get to capture and that's a great thing about posting authentic social content because it's like, okay, you went to this party, so what? But when you post authentic con- content, you're capturing you that was point in time and you get to look back on it. That's just, the powerful thing. Just before answering the question, at the end of the day, I think that's why content and making content is so good because you have this point in time of your thoughts like how fucking awesome is that people don't have that so like it's like a time capsule that you just keep building on that's why i write that the news value from. that's why i write the newsletter yeah. and yeah. that's why sam does it too yeah. um all right so it doesn't have to be anything incredibly deep <laughs> but um i just years. thought it would just Let's make it 10 years yeah whatever it's just more or less like a 30 message to Future, thirty-year-old Sam just O'Brien. Just to even capture your thoughts now, so that you can look back. Maybe just say your uncertainties, like yeah, what, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm very uncertain about where this is gonna, like, where I will be in ten years. I get nervous about that. I think too much about it. <laughs> I hope that my ten-year-old, my ten-year down the track version of me, worries less about it. Um. I I hope there's a lot of me that's here now in him. I think it'd be a shame if I've done this kind of circle where like say the start of the circle is university and my 10-year self was kind of like 10 years and down the line self has kind of found him back there. I think he would be pretty sad to hear that and maybe I'd start the whole trip again and do the same thing. Um, I, yeah, I, I've been finding it hard. 10-year future self. I've been finding it hard to figure this out. And I hope that the 10 years down the line kind of like wears that as like pride. Like I've made it this far. I feel like I've already made it pretty far in just like an internal state. And I, I think if if this is like a linear graph or exponential, then 10, for 10 more years, it's going to be pretty good. Um, and... Yeah, I hope my 10-year down-the-line self knows I'm working really hard and that I really want my 10-year down-the-line self to be, like, really, really at peace and so glad that this version of me just said fuck it and did something that was, like, scary to him. And hopefully I'm still doing shit like that. I don't want to be, like, 10 years down the line smoking cigars and, like, (laughs) not giving a fuck about how much more I could change. I want it to just keep going. So, yeah, if I am listening to this in 10 years, yeah, I hope I'm just still kind of putting myself in uncomfortable situations and that he knows that I've been trying really hard. Love that. So, yeah, I hope my 30-year-old self is still alive, first of all. (laughs) Um He's going to say thank you to the person I am now because I'm making changes now, not waiting till I'm 30. This is for six months yourself, but once I finish this apprenticeship, like he'll be proud that I decided to veer off and not just stay on that that course that is so easy to stay on. And... To know that he's still writing the story. It doesn't stop. It never will stop. And 
and keep getting uncomfortable. Because I think the comfort zone is going to be fucking pretty large by then. <laughs> but there's, uh, yeah, look, K2 might have to get climbed. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But yeah, just keep fucking pushing yourself because there is no limits. There's no stopping. Like, just because you get to a certain age doesn't mean you have to stop. So, and you're still young. You are still fucking right. young. Yeah. yeah. You are so young, man. I forgot 10 years down the line, just 30. Yeah. So I won't be smoking cigars anyway. <laughs> you're you're so young. Just remember that because I feel like everyone, when they get to 30, they get this massive anxiety over, oh, I'm 30. I need to have everything figured out and stuff. You don't have to have everything. Have something figured out. Have something figured out. See, so you know where you're going. And that trend yeah. is uh, on the upwards. Yeah. Enjoy. We'll do a 10-year anniversary. <laughs> oh, that would be sick. Fuck, that would be weird, eh? That would Holy be weird. Holy shit. Um, Get the kids in. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's probably the first time for a while saying this stuff. I feel a bit um, something in my stomach. It's good to get it out there. I feel like it's almost because I know how determined I am, because I know in 10 years or whatever, if I listen to this, um, I know that I'm going to be where I, I knew I could get to because I have so much belief in myself and it's fucking hard when there's no proof that that belief is validated or justified i know inside i deserve more and and that sounds ex- almost arrogant but to me i have this belief in what my life could look like what society could look like delusional but like for i can only control myself so that's why i've put a lot of time into probably put a lot of time into myself for the 13 months of this podcast and that's why I'm so focused on changing myself and realizing how much I can grow. And then I'm like, well, this is incredible. I want to help other people grow and change their lives too. And I know that this path, I have no idea how it's going to look. Like I'm literally changing the name of this podcast. How r- exciting. Right now. So hey, I have that's sick for 10 years. Like this could be the one moment. Like when you're changing the podcast name, this is it. You're living in the most yeah. uncertain time right now. Yeah. So you, and then ten years, you're gonna ha- there'll be a answer. The thing I want to tell my future self is that like you actually don't need to hear anything from me because my future self is reaping the rewards of the conversations I'm having now instead of then we're at peace with each other because i know i'm doing what i should be doing you know what i mean i don't as much as whether i'm listening to this and this is an awkward listen you know you've done what was right for you because you know you made so much effort to put into you to be the person you wanted to be and you're going to wake up each day and make that choice whatever it looks like you know that you'll make that choice it's not going to be a a a smooth roller um smooth linear process but it's the trajectory and that's what you always come back to recently and you're making choices each day to accelerate that trajectory and to get to where you want to be and it's a fun journey it's been fun so far it's going to continue to be rewarding and fulfilling but that's why you're on it because you know how much it fulfills you relative to the other things you started to do 
So I know that success will come from where you are because you have that mindset. And I just, there's no other things to say other than I'm sure you're in an even better place right now because of all the the time you're putting into yourself now and not delaying that conversation and doing it now. So yes, I'm I'm proud of you, but deep down you have that peace because of the time you put into yourself now. Thank you to the thirty year old selves. <laughs> yeah. It's a great it's a great question and conversation to have with yourself. Just maybe having me think about that. I haven't even really thought about the future self. I often think about like the past self mm. and like what I would say to him. I think thinking about that can probably give you a great sense of like what your direction wants to be. Like what what do you want to be doing to get like what does that guy look like? What do I need to do to kind of turn yeah. and become him? Mm. Um, yeah. It's a great question. There's no... In a lot of those answers, there's not much certainty. It's not like of how it's going to look. But I feel like it's because I'm we're not trapped into the the externals and it's like that inner... Like no one named one materialist. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what I'll be do- doing at 30. But yeah. how many people... I'm yeah. interested to ask people in 10 years' time what they would say. Right. I wish... I can't wait. I hope I have a big house, family, um, kids, wife fucking dog like they they just have and that's actually not even them talking that's the funny thing yeah. they actually don't think for themselves that's just the american dream like the yeah is that really the question or are they avoiding the thing they've been avoiding the whole time while they're not answering the hard questions about what should i be doing with my life you know is it just that's answering the script again you know hitting the same answer Dude. and still being like oh shit that question's kind of pressing on like the fact that i don't know what i'm doing with my life uh wife kids house yeah pool Near the beach. Oh, thank fuck. I didn't have to Dude. Re- realize that that might not should be my ideal life and what's my career going to be. How how often do we see in the uncomfortable club question answers? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like people just, they almost think that was too, and then they go, that was too hard. What do you fall back on? The things that everyone says, the monkey theory. Yeah. And fuck, do we see it a lot. Yeah, and it's the stuff you, you're not you're not concerned that people will judge as well. You know that people are going to not shake their head at you if you say the safe things as well. They okay. keep you feeling. That's how I think that's how you know if someone's confident or not. Because if you're confident in yourself, you you're happy to say, "Yeah, I'm a I'm a podcaster. I fucking I film content. I love boxing. I love um, knitting dresses." Or you can just go, and this is, if people listen to this, they'll know who I'm talking about. That and. This is also true in some parts, but I, l- I just love the gym. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> fuck, really? What a fucking sick life you've got. Like, that is too scared to say anything left field, the things that they actually like. Like, I'm and sure they love watching some YouTube channel or something. Yeah, and that's not them trying to necessarily be cool. It's just them being scared of the fact that I don't Correct. know if they can tell other people that without Correct. being judged. Maybe yeah. that's how we can reduce the friction. By just is being the that's people. that's the micro wins. That's the the red pill at the easiest level. It's like, how can we foster someone's sense of like, almost? I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call it self love, but more like self acceptance. Like this is who I am, and I'm okay with it. And then from that allows them to be like, well, if I'm okay with myself now, then maybe I have this belief and confidence that I could do what I want to do. Instead of coming from this place where it's like, I need your opinions, your validation to accept me for who I am. 
which is always going to be the barrier of entry to making conscious choices for themselves because the ego won't allow it. Mm. But if you can come to self-acceptance, there's so much more awareness between within yourself. Yeah, and like, yeah, can you can you come to come to terms with your self-esteem and maybe the an important part is just building that up and realizing that everyone's different and you being yourself is exactly what you need to be. Yeah. Maybe that is a great a great first step. Maybe that's that's just a, maybe that's the one you need to take yourself mm. to start. Start telling your truth. Maybe that's where people like us and people that try to give advice can like just move the needle a bit like give them that last little nudge that means that they go they feel like they also figured it out themselves and be like oh shit yeah maybe i'm gonna start making some changes any concluding thoughts thank you for having me i found it uh i i get pretty nervous and i found the start really hard so that's always the way yeah so it was only ways through yeah only ways through obstacles the way and uh yeah i just think maybe think about challenges and like this is a good challenge and that uh should always do more of them got a, if you think you got a question others. i've got a question for you sammy and okay. i'll ask this egg so eggs don't answer it but um george janko was talking about this little analogy and it, it's an analogy about um pretty much on your mindset but pretty much the question is um there's a wolf that lives in the dark there's a wolf that lives in the light uh which one survives the longest Trick question. It's always a trick question if Jack's asking. <laughs> um, it'll be the wolf that stays in the dark, or the wolf that stays in the light. No, instead of going to the other one. No, okay, no, it's the wolf you feed. I didn't get it to be honest. It's it's pretty much saying, are you gonna feed? So light and dark. I don't think it actually matters, but you can look at light as being positive and positive thoughts, positive thinking, and you can think look at the dark as the negative. So if you feed the positive, you're going to see everything as positive, which you're going to have a way more positive life. You, but a lot of people feed the the wolf in the dark mm. and that's why their outlook on stuff is negative. That's why they struggle to take advice from three blokes like us, yep. especially if they know who we are or they think that they know who we are. This is a sick story. I'm reading the wolf story. He could have explained it a little more. Oh, This is how it was explained by George Janko, but yeah, explain it. An old Indian chief was teaching his grandson about life. He said, a fight is going on inside me, he told the young boy, a fight between two wolves. The dark one is evil, he is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, and a bunch more things. He continued, the light wolf is good, he is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, kindness, etc., etc. The same fight is going on inside you, grandson and inside of every other person on the face of this earth. The grandson ponders this for a moment and then asks, Grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Indian chief smiled and simply said, The one you feed. You couldn't remember all that? No, no, that's not how he explained it to her. (laughs) But I fucking like that. Um, That one way better, because you actually explain what each wolf is. It's a choice. But I think that's true, because I still have all these negative thoughts that obviously come to my head and... They can be like fucking pretty bad, like all the things that I was mentioning. But if you don't feed it, if you don't, mm. if you don't feel into it, and just let it be that thought, yeah, and that's fine. Like, and that that's comes okay. back to 
a lot about mindfulness medita- meditation and um, just letting thoughts kind of pass like clouds. It's up to you to decide which ones you attach feelings like to that. Like that. and which ones you you pull from. I d- you can let the negative thoughts, you can just observe them without judgment. That's a lot of the point of like yeah. mindfulness and, and just understanding that they come and they go. You could have you to attach to them. Could you almost bring that to, so you have this cloud and it's, it's the cloud of um, judging someone, right? And you can ha- like, because I judge people, but like internally, right? And you have that cloud float over. If you want to feed into it, if you want to grab that cloud, that's when you project it and you tell someone like, fuck, how fat is he? Or you just have that thought in your head and go, I'm not going to buy into that. I'm not, I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. And often mm. it's when you attach feeling to it. Mm. That's when it becomes a sign that maybe you project as well. Mm. You'll like this, Jack. Yep. I had an alternate ending to the story Oy. where the Indian chief said, if you feed them right, they both win. And the story goes on. You see, if I only choose to feed the light wolf, the dark wolf will be hiding around every corner, waiting for me to become distracted or weak and jump to get the attention he craves. He will always be angry and will always fight the light wolf. But if I acknowledge him, he is happy and the light wolf is happy and we all win. For the dark wolf has many qualities, tenacity, courage, fearlessness, strong-willed and great strategic thinking that I need of at times. These are the very thing the light wolf lacks, but the life wolf has compassion, caring, strength and the ability to recognise what is in the best interest of all. You see, son, the light wolf needs the dark wolf at his side. To feed only one would starve the other and they'll become uncontrollable. To feed and care for both means they'll serve you well and do nothing that is not a part of something greater, something good, something of life. Feed them both and there'll be no more internal struggle for your attention. And when there is no battle inside, you can listen to the voices of deeper knowing that will guide you in choosing what is right in every circumstances. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, wow. That little story that I thought was little isn't so little. <laughs> yeah, I like that ending. That's good because it is... It is true. You can't have light without dark, can you? No. And I feel like it's almost wishful thinking to be able to like, oh, I can, I'm can. i never going to have one negative thought. <laughs> yeah. And if you think like that, then what's going to happen with the negative thoughts that actually come there? They're probably going to build up and then you're going to have a problem. So. Yeah. I do, I do really like that story. I'm gonna right. You can have a read of it again because I had left a few things out. All right. Thanks for coming on, Sam. Thanks, Jack. Thank you so much for Cheers. having me. It's been amazing. See you in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, <boy. laughs>